This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Let's talk about one of the other stories that have been making a lot of headlines this week. Earlier this week, we heard about the decision by the Vancouver Pride Society to tell the Vancouver Public Library that it cannot, as an organization, participate in this year's Pride Parade. Now, we heard from the executive director of the society about why that is. They feel that a speaker named Megan Murphy, who was allowed to use a VPL space earlier this year, was a, uh, a threat to the values of what Pride stands for. So we wanted to explore more of that because, you know, on the other side of the issue, and I've been seeing this debate online a lot the last few days, there's people who are saying it's freedom of expression, that I oh, I stand with libraries, this is, uh, you know, Pride is making too big of a deal, but all that kind of stuff. So we wanted to ask the question, like, what is the impact of these public speakers who agitate against the values that Pride aims for? How does it make a trans person feel when speakers like this come to town and are given a space in places like the Vancouver Public Library. So that was the discussion that we wanted to have. We had a chance to speak with Catherine Jenkins, a trans woman and a board member of the Vancouver Pride Society, about this. And here's our conversation. Well, Catherine, thank you so much for joining us today to talk about this. Thank you so much for having me. There's been a lot of debate in the last week about the Vancouver Pride Society's decision, do you feel the Pride Society got their message out there? Uh, I think so. I mean, we really, uh, the, the goal from all of the uh, engagements that we did with community members and discussing this uh, with grassroots activists, we really tried to listen more than anything. And then from that, uh, that informed our decision-making process and uh, really tried to just uh, get the information out there through. We have a FAQ on our website if people have more questions. Yeah, I read but, that. That was really good. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think we've tried to do a really good job of trying to reach the folks that we want to reach in our communities. Now, I felt like what was missing the last couple of days in this discussion was the more personal side of this, is that it turned into this can you book, can you go listen to somebody? Is that just freedom of expression and is that being stifled here? But let's talk about the impact of when, the, the, in this particular question, it was booking a speaker like Megan Murphy who was booked to speak at the Vancouver Public Library. What is the impact of having someone like that booked in a public venue? How does that make you feel? Well, I think it it affects me on a, a few different levels. Um so as a trans woman, it affects me because I, I, I personally, I don't identify as tra- like I am, I am transgender, but it's not, that's not my identity. My identity is I'm a woman. And the, uh, a lot of the root of these uh, talks is the idea that, you know, other people don't think I am. Uh, they they feel that trans people aren't who they say they are. They feel that our identities are up for debate. And when someone tries to put my identity and who I am in my core up for debate, it's incredibly hurtful uh, and really does, you know, hurt me. Does um, it scare you? Yeah, it really does. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, trans people face ridiculous rates of violence uh, and have high rates of unemployment, 
have housing issues all the time. Uh, I have friends. I had a friend I talked to yesterday who just said that as soon as her employer found out she was trans, that um, that job was over for her. Um, mm-hmm. And while we can hopefully count on some of these systems to protect us, uh, we really do need protections under the Human Rights Code, which luckily we now have. But if they're not enforced, um, then it it doesn't help us at all. And so, um, like I always like to say, your ability to swing your arms ends up my nose. And so for me personally, it's it's hard when I feel that people are purposefully trying to hurt my community and me directly. Is that the part of this, do you think, that's kind of missing? Is it when people say, oh, no, it's freedom of expression? And you think, well, no, no, it's, it's much more than that. Yeah, because I think, I think people fail to realize why these protections exist in the first place. Um, they're, you know, the world is not a great place. We, we live in a society that is often racist, misogynist, homophobic, and transphobic. And in that society, we, we've decided together collectively as a country that we're not going to put up with that kind of behavior. And so we've codified that with legislation, which... I feel, and I believe the vast majority of Canadians feel, is the right thing to do. Um, but as I said, if we don't actually use that and use those protections to actually support people and uplift them, then it we end up with these troubling statistics uh, where you know a lot of homeless youth, you know, are trans youth that have been trans and gay youth that have been kicked out of their homes, and. Uh, it's just really sad when we pick apart those layers and realize that it's people at the end of the day that are affected. So in this particular case with the Vancouver Public Library, it was a pretty big deal back in January of this year. Do you feel like, was it worse because it got made public? Like, I think it's, there's a balance sometimes, right? Like, do you ignore this and maybe nobody will show up at the talk and it'll go away, but then it gets made into a big deal and now all of a sudden everybody knows about it? Um, I'm I'm not going to say the quote because I'm going to butcher it, but there's a quote, I believe, something um, about, you know, the light kind of shines, you know, brings out the, really cleans out the darkness. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really do believe that there is a, maybe there is something to be said of that. But at the end of the day, if things like that fester over time, then they grow into larger issues that aren't, we can't tackle maybe as easily as a society. If we actually showcase and say, look, you know, if you call in these folks and say what you're doing is problematic and it's hurting these people for these reasons, then at least it provides an opportunity to for them to think about what they've done and how that they can move forward and perhaps with some sort of reparative, in some reparative way. So then how did it make you feel when you heard that this is really almost being pitted as like, you know, libraries versus the Pride Society? Uh, I don't. It. I mean, I. It, it saddened me, in all honesty, because you know I've always loved the library. Um, it's. It is a place of knowledge, and it's a great place. At the same time, I think that, you know, what the Pride Society is doing is, like I say, listening to our community members, and what they've told us is that the, that event uh, didn't make them feel safe, and so. We had a duty at that point to really look at um, 
our own scoring system that every entry goes through and really think about what what does that mean for their entry and it 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 reduced them below the threshold um and so we we weren't you know unless we were to make an exception we weren't really in a place to allow them to remain did it um did it have that impact on you as well like even if you don't go to that event even if you don't live near that event uh it still makes you feel unsafe it it really does i um I, I'll be I'll be completely honest. I don't feel safe going to the library right now. Really? I, yeah, I don't. And why? Why do you think that is? Why? Because uh, at the end of the day, the policies need to be in place and they need to be enforced. Uh, and I don't think that either of those happened. I don't think that they had a sufficient system to really prevent um, an event that had some very transphobic thing said, uh, prevent that from taking place. And so I feel that if if that lack of action or actual allyship in action uh, was demonstrated, then how, what am, how am I supposed to feel if if I go into how am I, how am I as a community member going to know if I go in to pick up a book that I'm going to have a safe interaction? I know that you know, the, the folks there have really done a lot of work over the last few years to really build up their policies mm-hmm. in a lot of substantive ways. But, you know, it, it all fails. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a house of cards. And if you pull that one card off, the whole thing c- tumbles down. So you're saying if you went to the library today and someone said something to you uh, that was transphobic or someone, you know, uh, said that to you, you feel that nobody would come to your defense? Um, I think that I'm not saying that because I know we have a lot of incredible workers at our libraries. Yeah. And uh, I don't I don't believe that. But I, I do feel that it the the overall system, I, I now have a bit of a an unease in my stomach when I walk through those doors. I feel that the system, like this overall institution that I've come to trust and believe in over so many years of my life as someone who grew up here, I think that it now just, it, it, it's, it's tainted for me. It doesn't feel the same way as it once did. Do you think that might change for next year? I, I really hope that the library does look at their policies and really does uh, talk to LGBTQAI 2S plus communities and listen and use the, you know, use those discussions to actually inform policy changes and then enforce those policies. Well, Catherine, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much. It's Catherine Jenkins, Vancouver Pride Society board member, talking more about uh, the whole situation that unfolded this week.